All right, so we're rolling. Rolling. Uh, we, we could do an intro, I guess. Yeah, that's usually the way we do it. So as far as yeah. Welcome to Maiden A to Z. Uh, my name is Eric. Eric is indeed here. Jonathan is here. And also, by popular demand, you wanted him. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Greg. Straight out of Buffalo. Buffalo Greg. Yeah, New yes. York. Good to have you back. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever it is, gentlemen. You know, it's uh, how, how are things in the UK today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So for those of those who don't know... Um, I've had several dealings with people in the states who uh, don't want to send stuff here because to Sweden because of Brexit, and they think because apparently Sweden's part of the UK. And I explained to them it's not like that's not the case, uh, but yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, and we addressed that I think with Fergal, and he has the same problem living in the Republic of Ireland, not in the UK, and no one yeah. knows that. And uh, yeah, how's how's life been in Buffalo, Greg? Uh, it's uh, it's been alright. It's been a it's been a lot of rain. It's actually been very UK-ish weather-wise. Oh. Over here, there's a little, a lot of rain and uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of shit. Things are starting to kind of open up a little bit, you know. Nice. Uh, but as soon, of course, as that happened, everything is starting to spike as far as the cases and COVID goes. So, you know, we're gonna, yeah. you know, like Ben says, uh, wash, yeah. <laughs> rinse, wash, repeat, and that. Yeah. 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 Ben is on the fifth lockdown. I think he said. I mean, it's winter over in Australia, uh-huh. and they did lock down again after opening it all. So who knows at this point? I don't know. I don't want to know almost you know just just take it as it comes at least we got a new maiden album coming up and we're also done hyping it we don't have to hype it anymore we've done so much of that so we can kind of go back to what maiden a to z really does which is listen to the maiden songs and analyze them from a to z or a to z as i realized it would be called in in england yeah i never realized that we would have a different name in England, yeah, we, we, were, we were we were we were on uh, in the lap of pods. It's called in the lap of pods, right? In the lap, in the lap of, of the pods, pod. yeah. Queen podcast. Yeah. We, we we were on that the other day, and uh, they said they said made in A to Z because that's yeah, that's very roll. They actually said so, made in A to Z in the intro, but then I asked them, okay, so you oh. did that to be nice, kind of, you know. They actually said our proper name, but Fergal said made in A to Z or A to Z if you're American or wrong. We should probably say A to Z since we are part of the. You know, no, I was about to say it's weird. Yeah. It's weird that you guys would call it Z. Well, with you guys being part of the UK and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have like uh, British English back in school, uh, all the way up in, through high school. I switched when I started traveling. I switched to American sound because it just felt way more natural to do. Like it would be very <laughs> odd to imagine speaking like this doing this this podcast <laughs> yeah, right? that's, that's way off yeah, way off what it doesn't feel yeah. like me at all i can't i can't do it i can do like crikey and that's australian so that <laughs> very, hard yeah. very hard tease yeah. you know at all yeah. and, uh, yeah. it's very comfortable actually that, that, that there's like soft that. tees very right. soft tees it's very comfortable for me so let's move on before we offend the rest of <laughs> yeah anyway anyway i just want to point out that if we are part of the uk i i would i'd hope that the the, the, the Maiden uh, web shop is really overcharging for the shipping in this case. <laughs> That's, it is overcharging, though, isn't it? It's a no, hard, I know, but I mean, one. If, 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 the joke being if we were in the UK, I, I think it would be hopefully really? cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Anyway, yes. We are summoned here. This time it's... Um, what, what, what would it be like afternoon for you? Not really afternoon. Evening. In Buffalo. Yeah, it's about five o'clock here. All right. Yeah. Have you had your? Uh, are you hungry? Should you have had some time to eat before this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, I ate earlier. I had a, um, I had a uh, I had a very uh, very gluttonous meal, and so that's why I'm kind of washing down with some light beer. Nice. You know, right, cool. I got I got, got the I got the dad bod going on, but I do yeah. think that there's a limitation. Mankind has got to know his limitations, limitations as huh? Mister Minister. Yeah. so you know i gotta keep the dad bod at a certain level before yeah. i go overboard so you know light beer occasionally i don't like to brag about it but you know i consider it like my health kit right you know? yeah, uh, yeah. No, as soon good. as as soon as i got the news that we could actually do this today because you, that was a uh, shot in the dark again 
uh, I made a couple of hamburgers to get in the American mood. And that was, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that really gave me the, enough energy to start discussing this, <laughs> this particular song, because this is a particular one. This isn't any song. song. This isn't any song. This isn't even any of the non-any songs. You know, this is one yes. of my top three favorite Iron Maiden songs for the first time in this podcast. I agree. Emotional, is, emotional. It's the evil that men do. It, this is, uh, I don't know if this is number one, but if it's, if it's not number one, it's got to be in the top three that probably rotates around uh -huh. on any given day. So it yeah. could be a number one on any given day. But you know what? You know, I will say right now, it's my favorite. We'll just go with that. Yeah. 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 We're also going to go in reverse. So it's on the list. Okay, done. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I don't think there's, no, any, there's, there's any, any there's suspense for that whatsoever. Yeah. It could have been yeah. on the list when we made the list, but uh, yeah. Mark it, yeah. You remember your history with it, because my history with this song was a little bit weird. When I first heard it, I felt this uh, almost overly emotional reaction to it. So I, like uh, a coping mechanism of a early teen, 13-year-old, was to dismiss it. Like, no, it's cheesy. Mm -hmm. It's cheesy, but right. I knew yeah. there was something going on because I had that uh, almost anxiety from listening to it. And I've right. come to realize that it's the emotional uh, weight of it. It's like a nuclear maiden song. It's only four minutes, but they kind of squeezed in everything that this band is into the song. And I think it actually like overwhelmed me as a kid. So I didn't like the song for yeah. six years, um, but we saw it live with the walk on Eddie. Uh, in 2000 uh, and that's when i kind of realized okay and now it's become a this favorite the so one. what this about is, you guys it's, it's, what? it's quite it's quite a deal as you like to say. <laughs> quite, it's quite a, a deal. deal yeah what would you say greg remember deal. first time hearing it and did you have a similar uh, reaction to mine uh first time i heard it was uh, i think on real um a real dead one or no 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 it would have been on a real live one a real dead one was the pre uh, 85 stuff i first time i heard yeah. it would have been on a real live one and I thought it was a really cool song, but I don't know if that's a really good representation of it. And it wasn't until I heard the, uh, the seventh son version, which is, uh, when it hit me and it was kind of like, maybe, I don't think it was as visceral response as you had, but it was, it was one where it was just like, it like felt like I was levitating. Like it was just like, there's, there's a, it's weird considering like the time period that it came out in, like it's, it's in the time period that most people consider them as like they're almost their futuristic period. Like there's a lot of synths, there's guitar synths, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there that was, that was a step forward and maybe a little more contemporary technologically speaking, but to kind of offset that, like lyrically, this is a very earthy song. You know, mm. it's, uh, it's, it's, mm. you know, there's, there's really nothing about, you know, you know, seven deadly sins or, you know, or anything else, and you know, or, or, or you know, like playing with madness or being able to like, you know, being clairvoyant. I mean, there is, it's really devoid of any of that sort of, you know, fantastical, for lack of a better term, we'll say Dio-ish, you know, imagery, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy or sci-fi or horror is really none of those three, yeah. maybe. It's, it's much more of a philosophical philosophical symptom of, of mankind, uh, just general stuff that we're all kind of, we're all kind of prey to. And we all kind of, you know, it's, it's a universal theme and it's the, the structure of the song is strong, the melodic and the, and the thematic elements of it. I mean, it's all, it's a, it's a fucking 10. I mean, I could have just said that right at the start I should yeah. have <laughs> going into, I don't want to belabor the point. Yeah. I mean, before we go into depth, explaining why it's so good, uh, Eric, what, what was it like for you? How did you discover this particular tune, if you remember? First time I heard it would have been on the the, the, uh, the 2000 tour, I reckon. And then I, but I didn't really hear it properly until uh, I, I got, because I got Seventh Son probably uh, the same summer later that, uh, that one. And uh, yeah, I, th I don't know if I initially, because it, 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 uh, there's so much to take in, because there's so much new stuff to listen to. And I was also, again, I was, I was just, you know, I was like 16, so I was, there's, I was discovering so much new music at that point. Uh, but uh, when I did eventually get around to it properly, it's amazing. I mean, it really, it really, you can hear that it's them giving, you know, every little bit of the song is 110% of them being, you know, just going for it. And like, so that sort of very real intense way that like, you know, you, there's, there's nothing more to give after that. It's, 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 it's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's everything on it is just like I said, 110 percent fire yeah. all cylinders. Um, but I do remember I can I can try to find it because I, I remember so, did they they did that trip they did the Twitter listening party thing a while back. I don't um, remember what he said. Uh, I, I could I could cite that, but uh, yeah, just to comment on what you just said about 110 percent, that kind of goes yeah. in tandem with my idea of this song being an extract. You know, like an oil of Iron Maiden. If Iron Maiden is yeah, a plant, yeah. make an oil of the contents of the plant. This is like nuclear Maiden. It's all of it yeah. at once. And kind of with no breaks and with a perfect song structure. The song structure oh, is completely immaculate, I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's perfect. Everything about it is, is perfect. I mean, it's just, it's weird that, I mean, it's really got, I don't know how many songs in that era there are with the three principal songwriters of that time, but isn't it a, a Smith Dickinson, uh, Murray Smith, composition? Uh, Harris actually. I, yeah. I don't think there's two. Smith Dickinson Harris composition. That's, there's really not too many of those. No, we've era, got other there? incredible ones like Moonchild is one. Uh, we have die with your boots on is another one. And I think they yeah, usually hit, they usually hit it bang on when those three are there, because then it's really yeah. our maiden, isn't it? That's really the three biggest, yeah songwriters of the band writing a song and then at that it's just four minutes i think that's why it's so much maiden in one piece and again that's why i couldn't really handle it at first when i was 13 it was too much maiden i reject rejected it as a coping mechanism like ah that's cheesy Mm -hmm. that's cheesy keep that away and then when i realized uh, how good it was it was almost still like a bit overly emotional and i started thinking about everything evil all the things evil that men do and obviously I was yeah. connecting it to rape at first. And then I thought, oh, okay, it's probably not about rape. Why did I think that? And then Bruce comes back with the information well, that, it is kind of, that it is kind of about that. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm back at my original 13-year-old theory. Letting the uh, dust with his daughter, eyes red with the song. Yeah, exactly. That's where I felt it uh, at yeah. 13. But now <laughs> he, he said that <laughs> the song is about the protagonist of the seventh son story, the seventh son himself, if you will. Losing his virginity. It's genius, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, he loses the virginity to Lucifer. And then I think Bruce said a song about getting date raped by Satan or something like that. Which, in a way, you know, came across to me at 13 and I couldn't take that, you know. So in a way, they really get that across. I think think the, yeah, if I were told when I was that, you know, when I heard started, this is a song about... (laughs) But that's what I I was told that by the song. The song itself told me that and I couldn't take it. You know, for sure, it was something, you know... Uh, awkward about it it really was i hadn't i haven't had that reaction yeah. to any other maiden song this is the one that it was and again i call that cheese yeah. but it was just a ton of uh, emotion or something i think it's their best and i use this word very loosely but i think it's uh this is the wrong word but i think it's their best pop song in, i, get what you uh, mean, I yeah. feel like this song it's kind of it works as pop yeah very hard pop then but Oh yeah, of course. I think it's better than Run of the Hills, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, yeah. that's that's really the only hit that they have, Run of the Hills. But I feel like this song is way more accessible and way more wider reaching than maybe Run of the Hills. And it was just a, a matter of timing or whatever. But I just feel like that. Yeah, it's it it hits hard, but for for, for different reasons for Maiden as far as you know what I would usually consider. So, Eric, we were on that in. Um in the lap of the pods when we talked about the peace of mind and how that's your favorite maiden album and my favorite Mm -hmm. heavy metal album yet not really my favorite maiden album and i think uh, Mm -hmm. yeah self-contradicting again love that but it's uh, to get back to that comparison this is the trooper of seventh son and when you compare it that way an unfair comparison really but i mean just for the case of this i like this more and i love the trooper (laughs) the trooper is a perfect heavy metal song and Peace of Mind is a perfect heavy metal album, but this is mm-hmm. a perfect Iron Maiden song on a perfect Iron Maiden album. So, you know, that's how I make the difference between these two records, which are pretty much the same quality. Uh, what do you think, Eric, about, about my, my theory building here? My castle of theory in Maiden, what do you think, Eric? Well, I mean, I was going to say that um, uh, I'm, I, I've been think, I think that really for me, just uh, even though I, I, this is not what I said the other day, uh, Seven Sun is pretty much neck on neck and neck with with peace of mind for me. It, it depends on my mood really, but but the trooper, yeah, definitely. So the, so the, the evil that men do is the trooper of that album definitely because if you hear the reaction they get when they do it live, I know there's other hits on like you got can I play madness 
but it doesn't get the same reaction as this does. No, they do this live. it does not. When when I saw them on the um, the Legacy of the Beast that last tour yeah. they did, yeah, they, they played in my city, and when they they hit into Evil That Men Do, it was like it wasn't like a yeah, like it was like a ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it was like a, a heaving like guttural visceral reaction from the crowd it was just like for some reason it it, it, it hit like no one was ready for it you know because i remember like Leg the legacy tour yeah, yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah i just wanted to check yes that when was they, one when, of it, the, when it came yeah. out ever no oh, that was that was the song i didn't you know it's one of those songs that i i, I don't know it i mean it's i think it's a legendary song from them but i don't know if it's like i've seen set lists it's not always in the set list right no no i mean no. i don't think it's, a, it's not like yeah. a it's like a, it's like a slam dunk guarantee you're gonna hear it it's not like it's the number of the beast it's not like it's you run yeah, of the hills right. or you know uh you know ace society or, or even iron maiden or anything like that i just feel like it's, it's a classic song but it's never a guarantee that it's going to be in the no. set list yeah. and i and yeah. when it was it's almost like me and the other eighteen thousand people that were there it was like we were all so elated and happily surprised like it was just yeah. it was great it hit yeah, like yeah. a hammer it was awesome when we saw that show the on the third of june or something like that i luckily i hadn't had my whole set list spoiled for me so i didn't know what would right. be the extras the extras could have been you know sanctuary running free uh, mm -hmm. or but instead yeah. of sanctuary running free uh, yeah ratchet could have been there as, as well yeah you're right instead of that what happens you know they, they come back on and and then, you know, as our, our country mate Per Yesley said, here comes all emotions at once. <laughs> yeah, my arm, my arm, my arm here started standing up. <laughs> oh, I can see it. Yeah, right, right. right. So, yeah. Everything, yeah, it washes like, yeah, over me. Crazy, it washes over me. Okay, Eric, you were onto something. I was going to say that also, on the, on, if you listen to the live album, that's one of the songs that, the latest live album, that actually sounds pretty good on it. They almost always yeah. do that one very he well. He does it great in Mexico. If only the crowd was properly it's, mic'd, that would have been the version. They play it awesome. But this is yeah, a bootleg. Like we, By now yeah. we know, we didn't address this in the episode, but by now we know that Knights of the Dead is in fact a self-bootleg. It's recorded, I mean, it's not produced. They didn't produce right. a live record. That's why the crowd sounds so weird. That's why it sounds yeah. like it's from the drummer's perspective, which I kind of mm -hmm. enjoy. But it right. proves that this is a recording they made for themselves. Yeah, they didn't make it for a live release. And then comes the right. pandemic, and I don't mind to be honest. I think it's still cool, but that's why it's a bit worse. Like they yeah. could have produced it. Right. Instead, yeah. they they just kind of quietly toiled away and finished up whatever work they had on a new record instead. So it's almost made like an incredible video as well. Oh, the um of the new of the new tune. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was cool. And speaking of the live versions, we can do a guitar nerdy thing here. We got three guitars in here, so there's no stopping yep. us. Uh, this is one of the songs where Janik will overdub Adrian live doing the solo as well. Right. And uh, <laughs> I am quite impressed. I went through all the live versions before we started this because it was decided late, so I thought I might pick something up there. And what I picked up is that Adrian has said before that when two guitarists play at the same fret at the same time, there are heavy risks of intonation failure, meaning that there will be micro differences in the tone and it will sound mm -hmm. wrong. So here he lets, or I don't know if he lets him do it or if he's forced to have it this way, but he lets, <laughs> he lets Yannick play along with him. And I'm very impressed right. actually by the fact that it sounds so pitch correct. The, he pitches very well with the original solo. It's like he actually sat down and copied this one and the trooper and maybe one more when he was the only other guitarist comp uh, aside from dave and he did it well mm -hmm. so like yannick yeah. who is known to be just freaking out everywhere harry actually plays another guy's solo note by note perfect intonation and it sounds killer yeah. i'm kind of impressed by yannick doing that you know yeah well again he's He's so much better than he gets credit for. I think a lot of people Definitely. get caught up in the so showmanship aspect, so too, yeah. aspect of it. But he was in a band with Ian Gillen. You know, yeah. after, you know, and Ian Gillen was like, he's not Ian Gillen, Ian Gillen handpicked him also. Band. Ian Gillen called him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but in, in all fairness, that was due to uh, falling out with the current guitarist. And the last guy they toured with was uh, Janik because he played in White Spirit at that time. White Spirit, right. But yeah. even in White Spirit, well, he's very good. Well, he's, he's well, a great yeah, player. If he wasn't good in White Spirit, he wouldn't have been in Ian Gillen's so it's like no matter what anyone says i think anyone who's gonna talk bad about whatever if you don't like his his stage antics that's one thing but no one's gonna tell me he's the shit guitarist because he's not no, yeah. he's amazing he's awesome yeah but awesome. yeah definitely eric i wanted to address today because i've given huh? knights of the dead a lot of flack i really wanted to do address what you addressed that it's a good mm -hmm. version and one yeah, of the best live versions is actually the knights of the dead one Aside yeah, really from like the mix, one. but uh, Bruce does it well, and Bruce famously forgets lyrics in this one. Mixes them up, sings it differently every time. Yeah, one thing he always one thing he always does differently. The second sort of pre-chorus thing he does differently every time. Yeah, he doesn't do what's on the album. That's what's right, that and he does it slightly right. different in, even in between the live versions because I listen to them yeah. back back to back. But um, right. I wanted to ask you guys something about this that zooms out a bit from just Maiden. It's yeah. about the famous teleprompters on stage, the mm. word prompters, you know, the word feed right. on monitors. Because yeah. um, Bruce has gone public dissing this, you know, uh, putting it mm -hmm. down. And we have like one of our favorites, Rob Halford, he uses them. Uh, we have mm -hmm. Ozzy Osbourne, he clearly uses them and probably should. He's, used He's been using them for like 30 years. He invented point. them. He paid someone to build those things. Yeah, at the <laughs> you know? That's, yeah probably. He's, he's like the, the, Patreon, the Patreon of that, of that factory. And then we have... Axel Rose, Axel yeah, Rose has been using them forever Rose. too. We have yeah. James Hetfield too with the word wedges. But those I'm impressed oh, by. I didn't know that. I'm very impressed because they film everything and they have this 3D stage set up and I've never seen mm -hmm. them. But they still admitted mm -hmm. that they have word wedges. For some reason i don't know if it's the full lyrical feed or if it's just crucial parts because metallica more so than maiden switch around in the set so maybe it's useful for him to have it yeah anyway my point being well-versed metal lead men do this and then i just want your opinion mm -hmm. on it comparing bruce and the fact of things mm. yeah, yeah, yeah well i mean here i think that i think that it's it's when you have to remember that much stuff, it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that one thing I think I think it was kind of silly for Bruce to, you know, very publicly diss Ozzy Osbourne when they were on tour with him on the Ozfest. That wasn't about the word wedges, though. No. That was about I something did, else, I, right? But he did. He did also mention that. Oh no! Actually, yeah, you're right. Things. Actually, the word wedges yeah. were key here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So this ties back to an old discussion we had. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't. I thought that that, that wasn't. You know, I felt a little uncalled for. I mean, you know, but whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's a, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I couldn't remember all that stuff. So, I mean, for fuck's sake, it, I think it's fine. I think even if, you know, Bruce uh, yeah. start doing it at some point, it'd be fine too. And at some point, you'll probably, you know, I'll probably get to that at some point, at some point, you know, and that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, to be honest. I'd be okay even with a tab wedge for my guitar playing. That would be pretty soft, <laughs> pretty sweet, actually, to have a tab wedge coming in. Okay, yeah, next one, C5. Yeah. I don't know. How are you? I think it's an argument that's that's um i think it's an argument or an ac or an ac or an accusation or well not really an accusation because it's just like I, I feel like it's an opinion that he has that isn't one of his stronger ones um it's kind of like it's kind of like people who have a really strong opinion about like drama yeah, triggers yeah. i guess right, right. you know because it's almost like well you know it, or it, amp it can modelers, be, something like that you know yeah it's like you know i mean i'm sure jazz guitarists in the 60s were talking shit about Hendrix and Clapton because they had yeah. distortion and they said oh they're cheating and you know they're hiding their mistakes behind distortion or whatever and I feel like if you just if you keep making arguments like that number one you're, you're doomed and destined to eventually have to rely on that eventually once you make a hard stance like that you just kind of you kind of corner yourself to never allowing yourself that and eventually yeah. you might need that who yeah. knows I mean you can't account for the the accountability of the human mind not everyone has the ability to just recall things like that certainly not someone like ozzy no. osbourne um james hepfield's case he's playing guitar at the same time too so it's like well yeah it's easy for bruce dickinson to say that he's got his mental faculties and he's not playing another instrument and yeah maybe okay yeah so your brain is superhuman but like yeah not everyone is the same not everyone you know at that point when you're at that level you have to kind of make sure the show goes on. And what are you going to do? Are you not going to play? Yeah. 
No, you're going to fucking use these things and do whatever it takes to get the show on the stage and on the road. Yeah. So it's like, whatever. I can respect the fact that he has that old school, pure mentality of it. I will always respect that because I feel like it's the mentality of a bygone generation. But also, kind of shut the fuck up about it. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> just not, let, yeah. let people play. You know, <laughs> let people play. Just, there's, there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, if you can't do something, you know, if you need help doing something, it's more ridiculous not to get the help to be able to do it than just pretend you can do it amazingly and just fucking suck at it because you, you, know, you can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah, but, but I think yeah. uh, something what, came up. What are you yeah, going to do? Gonna do? But something yeah. came up to me now when you had your explanation, Greg. Again, you were pretty good at uh, giving a you know, succinct uh, version of, of what's actually going on out there. And uh, <laughs> what I figured is that, okay, Bruce has come to a point where he's lying in bed. It's 10.30. He's lying in bed. He's trying to fall asleep because he's a healthy guy. He wants to get up jogging or something in the morning. I don't know, lifting, running in staircases. So he's lying, he's trying to fall asleep. And then he's thinking, do I need word wedges? Suddenly it comes to his head. Shit, maybe I need word wedges. There's new red and the black was just recorded. Maybe at this point, let's say so. Yeah. He's in, he's in Paris. He just recorded red and the black. He's thinking, fuck, I might have to get word wedges. How is this going to work out? And then he's thinking, okay, if I don't get word wedges, I want to give myself a present for that. You know, I want to give myself right. something for, for yeah. not doing that because shit, I, that's, that's hard work. You know, how is the third verse going to go in red and the black? Like I can't do yeah. it. So he decides, yeah. okay, I skip the word wedges, but I'm going to go out and bitch about everyone that uses them to get <laughs> on higher ground. That's a present to myself. What do you think guys? That must be the case, right? He's like, this is the hill he's going to build and die on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that, that could be just one of those things where he doesn't like it and he doesn't want to, yeah, so he just wants to take the opposite yeah. approach, which is really, I mean, that's that's kind of, I guess, textbook psychology, I suppose, but I mean, whatever. I mean, at that level, first of all, all the, all the artists that we mentioned, they're using them, they're not like... They're all you very know, credible, I think, like, in what they do. I mean, Ozzy may be the least of them. They're all very credible, and they're all very, yeah, they're all very huge. They're all, like, at the, the tippy top of that rare air of yeah. success in the industry. And so you kind of just, there's too much money on the mm -hmm. line. What, do you, what do, you, do you want Rob Halford to go out there and just start making, a, like, a fast food order where victim of changes, like, actual lyrics yeah. should be? Like whiskey women, don't you know that you are driving in my car? <laughs> like, like, what, like, like, do you want him to just start making things up? No. Exactly. So let him read lyrics are off the, off the monitor, yeah. so we can at least get a, a a representation proper. It's not like the it's not like the lyrics are on like a backdrop and everyone's reading it. No one could see it. So and everyone knows it's there. It's not like a a hidden thing anymore. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows how the sauce just made so to speak. Sure. You know, so it's like no, Maiden so, do, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. So Maiden, Maiden, Maiden do one thing that's kind of like that because they have Joe Lazarus on standby. If Nico can do the, you know, get through the gig. That's the same thing, really, in a, in a sense, because that's an insurance plan yeah. to make sure you can deliver what you yeah. do. But I don't think they intend to switch mid gig, though. Yeah. I think they intend to switch after a gig. You know, if Nico gets no, but you're, sick you're, or you're saying if he, if he if he if he were having problems right before, they wouldn't they wouldn't send him in, or they had to. I think they definitely do. You're right. You're right. Because there's so much there's so much stuff involved to yeah. to like kind of uh, conclude uh, Bruce versus monitors. Then one thing is he moves around a lot on stage, so he needs to be in several places. Yeah. For Hetfield, I'm not sure if he's got worded wedges everywhere. Probably he does, because then the other guys can have two when they back up. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be a lot of money just to put them everywhere. And Bruce would have to maybe change his way of moving and uh, small things like that. And then also, I think the fact that in this song, yeah. Evil Let Men Do, when he's uh, slightly fucking it up, uh, I don't really mind, is okay. So I think maybe he'd rather do that than... Yeah you know, reset his whole routine of how he moves on stage and everything. Because again, also used them since forever. Halford used them since forever. Yeah. So they didn't really have to adapt. Whereas I think Bruce wouldn't want to do the, the switch. He just takes the good with the bad and forgets it's, some of the lyrics yeah. in development do every single time. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he, he puts on a good enough show that I'm not going to nitpick him about messing up a, a verse or a half no, a verse. Me neither. Because I'm too busy screaming. Yeah. 
I can't hear him because I'm screaming the words yeah. myself. So it's like, yeah, right, no, whatever. me neither. Actually, I only brought it up because I realized it would be a good time to do it. Bruce forgetting lyrics and Bruce being a, like a official hater of the promers. Yeah. It's a fun discussion topic. <laughs> yeah. And when we have Greg in the house, why not? You know, yeah, Greg, what does that mean? Greg, Greg's in the house. We got, we, we got, <laughs> and uh, I did dig up some clips. This is, um, yeah, well, you, you'll see what it is. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that intro, man. Oh, man. Ooh, yeah. You got, you got, the, you got the, the goosebump, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got the hair standing in the game. So, this is uh, the feed from Adrian Smith's solo track from Vivo playing this song. That was Adrian Smith's solo track from Envivo playing this song. And he's an incredible, incredibly disciplined live player. Like, it sounds like takes for a record when he plays. Yes. And you don't have yes. to be that disciplined. You don't really have to be that disciplined. No. I mean, you can get away with a lot worse, a lot more sloppy if you and sound great. Yeah. But he's so disciplined. Yeah, Greg. Other side of that coin would be the a real live one version when they were a five piece just with uh, Yannick and Dave. Uh, Cause obviously he took over Adrian's parts on that version before when Nico does the, the three count in there's like, there's like a whale of feedback that Yannick has before he comes in. His vibrato is a lot faster. Uh, mm -hmm. It's got a quicker vibrato mm -hmm. than Adrian. It's got like, it just sounds. That's true. I, I was in a band one time, we covered that song, and I remember like, well, how did I want to play this? And I really tried to play it like it is on record or how Adrian does it, but I couldn't resist like the urge to just come in screaming like Yannick does mm. on a real live one, just because like, I just, I just thinking about it, it's so fun to me, just like how, just how parallel opposite they are as players. Like, just like you said, Adrian, it's so clean. It's, 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 is it live or is it Memorex? You know, is it like, it's like right off the record and then Yannick yeah. just screeching feedback coming in. You figure he probably did the, the spin around aside, you know, caught yeah. the guitar just the time to fucking do the lead or whatever. Okay. And different setups too. Oh, Yannick's setup is more noisy, more traditional uh, yes. fend Fender into yes. Marshall, uh, whereas Adrian yes. has moved from different amps, different microphones, yeah. uh, different pedals, all of that. And, but I think yeah. uh, I have to give Yannick, I think he plays the song well. I think it plays, plays it quite well. Uh, maybe the song oh, is so absolutely. good so that he kind of wants to honor that. That's what I want to imagine. Mm -hmm. Like he's teaching himself to play this song for uh, maybe already on the No Prayer on the Road. I'm not sure if they featured it, but at least on the, the subsequent tour. they did. I'll, I'll give it a check. Eric will give it a check. And uh, yeah. I was going to say, if you, if you look at the two, Adrian and Yannick, I mean, I agree with everything you're all saying, but I imagine if you look, if you the question is who has most fun on stage, I'm gonna. It's probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, is is it gonna is it gonna be the guy who throws his guitar around, or is it gonna be the guy who quit the band because they played the songs too fast? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna quote an old guest, an old guest, Henrik. He said, "Everything is awkward for Adrian." And I think it kind of is. You know, he's that's that, I feel for him, and I'm partly like that. Like uh, this constant cloud over your head of a little bit of worry. And, you know, he's not like a, he's a free man, but only when he sings the chorus to the prisoner. Other than that, he's trapped under something. And that's just Adrian, you know. So really obviously it's more fun to be Yannick going mental on stage. They did not play uh, Evil Lemon Do on the No Prayer for the No Prayer on the Road. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think they played it on. Uh, Definitely on the Fear of the Dark run, 
and uh, we kind of lost Greg at the moment, so we'll... So Greg is, so Gregory has frozen. So Gregory has frozen. But I'm going to ask you then about the, the song musically. What do you think about the different parts of the song? It's, um, there, there, Greg's back. So, yeah, so I think that, I think there's, there's, uh, one of my favorite kind of, um, pre-solo kind of things in there, which is one of my favorite, like, instrumental bits. Yeah, that's great, yeah. Musically, instrumental, that's my, that's my favorite bit, besides the intro. Um, interest golden, right? Yeah, but also, I think on the Envivo version, they do something kind of cool. Someone's doing it during the chorus, where there's, it sounds like there's, um, uh, a riff that's not on the studio version like it's some kind of in something i don't know what it is it's like um it's like a riff is following the vocal lines somewhat but it's not really following spot on just sort of it, it's it's like a rhythm kind of thing yeah, that's pretty cool but if you're just talking about the studio version like i said the the, the pre-solo thing is fucking badass yeah i want to ask you the same question greg uh it's about the structure of the song or rather the different parts of the song uh, you don't have to focus on one single part but uh, which parts of the song really warrant your your listening the most? We, Eric said the the pre-solo and actually the outro as well. What do you think? The um the first bridge, um the uh, the first time they hit into the living on a razor's edge, balancing all on a ledge. Yeah. Yes, that. The, the melody the it's obviously it's the intro line too but like the melody is just it's so memorable and i think i kind of feel a little bit when that part hits like a bit of what, what you're saying maybe not as 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 overwhelming but that's the part that like really you know gets me into it and also one thing i i always it, it, it doesn't disappoint me but whenever they've every live version i've ever heard they don't do the harmonies there they just play octaves oh really they don't yeah. Uh, any, I think I thought about I've, that. Yeah, just, uh, off the top of my head, just I, I've never heard a live version where they play like with the harmonies like they do on the record um, on any of the live records that I have. They just do octave versions of it, which mm. is is cool. But I just think that you know, obviously, made in the harmony guitar thing is like that's their thing. But like yeah. that's one of my that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> It's like that's the one. It's the one they don't do, you know. I don't think it's thirds. It's not the normal, you know. And usually they move by thirds, which is the the one the one note that determines if a chord would be major or minor. Uh, yeah. It's the third, and usually that's also the harmony they, they put in, which is the standard heavy metal harmony. But sometimes, every now and again, like in um, "Die with Your Boots On," for example, they go by the fifths. And I don't know if this right. song is by fifths, and then live they decided octave sounded better because this is also like a completely parallel harmony it doesn't move it's not uh, right uh, ah, temperamental i guess and the harmony yeah. <laughs> it's the same pattern so maybe that's why yeah. i don't know i've thought about it subconsciously but i never figured until you said now and i think you're right yeah but that's that's my favorite part of the song that just just because i it was like and it's just it's it's songsmanship like they, uh -huh. they hit it twice around the first time and then it was just once around any other time, you know, yeah. and to me, that just like, that's what makes parts mm. special. And that's what makes parts more different. That's what it's, it's just that, that unspoken song craft where like, well, this part is of more importance to us because we felt the need to play it twice as long here as we did anywhere wow. else. You yeah. know? So it's like, it's, it's a part that we really clearly, they wanted that to be a hook, you know, yeah. you know clearly because it's it starts the song they play it you know as the bridge to the chorus twice as twice around in the beginning you know in the first minute of the yep, song yep. it's just yeah. you know unlike don't look to the eyes of the stranger you were happy that we that became a staple in our show after you joined it became a staple yeah <laughs> i think it's funny that i was i was a part of something historic in the podcast where we were yeah we just, yeah we, <laughs> We covered a song that became like a, a recurring joke on, on resultant yeah. episodes, you know? <laughs> Our listener in Iran, Fatima, I think she must be the only listener in Iran, let's face it. But anyway, she, she contacted me after the episode and said that uh, loved your input. Uh, everything you said was good. She never said that about <laughs> everything I said. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think you did something right. <laughs> you definitely did something right. <laughs> Well, we had to do something right because Maiden did a lot wrong there. So yeah, we had yeah, to do something yeah. right to make up for it. <laughs> to get back to what yeah. you said, uh, that's my favorite part too. Yeah. 
I'm less useful on this episode than the last one because there's nothing for me to like shove knives into. But there's so much, plenty yeah. of songs to go though, plenty of songs to go. And this is a different That's one. True. This is a different true. one. I'm I'm like trying to contain myself, right? Because it's a uh, weekend warrior. I want weekend warrior. It's one of those songs. Well, you, you can do that one. Fills me with a lot of oxygen. This song it just does, you know, a lot yes. of energy pumps in. And uh, my favorite part, yes. the same as yours. And I think yes. also I want to address one thing and then send it over to Eric again. One thing is that this song has the same perfect structure and sequence as the album at large. The album at mm -hmm. large, Seventh Son, one of its prime strengths is the perfect sequencing. And mm -hmm. most people, or Maiden fans at least, agree with me on this one. And I think this is the micro version of that. A perfectly mm -hmm. structured song. And I mean, Maiden, mm -hmm. they're good even when the structure is a bit bloated, overblown. I've, talking, I've, I've been yeah. talking about bloated songs that I like. Like, Where is uh, There? It's bloated, but I yeah. love it. I, I think it should mm -hmm. be. So now, it's not always about making the perfect structure or the perfect pop. As you said, I agree with that the perfect pop yeah. or pop rock structure but this is it man this is it this is perfect that's if you break down any kind of music i listen to the, the the kind that i like it always has a traditional pop structure whether it's hmm. pop music or heavy metal or even death metal like my okay. favorite death metal is the stuff that is that is Catchy. written around like you know verse chorus it's stuff that sticks to your ribs it's like barbecue sauce you know like it's yeah. something it's mm -hmm. like it stays on it stays on your mouth for like you know you know six hours or whatever you know you can't ever yeah. you can't ever stays in your beard you can't ever fully clean it up that's the best kind of music the stuff yeah. that i can i can remember i mean so much uh, i hate to go you know not not to beat up on death metal because i love death metal but like so much of the more technical death metal stuff it just like it flies by me just like riffs yeah. washing over yeah, me and like it like beats me to death and, a b c like, d it's e awesome f yeah, and it's brutal and it's heavy, but it doesn't really stick with me, you know. And, and yeah. anything that has that structure of verse, chorus, verse, even whether the lyrics are song or, or growled or, or whatever, I mean, you can still be catchy. And I think to be memorable, that's that's as a songwriter, and I use that term very loosely, you know. Like I, I aim to be memorable. I aim to be impactful mm -hmm. because the, my favorite kind of music was memorable and impactful on me, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, and also the challenging part. Uh, that I was indeed challenged by the density of the emotion that came forth in this song. I can relate oh. that to, for example, Morbid Angel. I was challenged by the weirdness of it, like, this is wrong. This is just wrong, yeah. like, who's plays this beat? <laughs> it right. doesn't make yeah. any sense mm -hmm. to play like that. And I had that with Master Puppets even. It was so hard and so hard-hitting. So mm -hmm. I got scared at first, and then became one of my favorite songs of all time. And the last example being Angel of Death. The lyrical matter the overall fucking harshness of that song it ran me over mm -hmm. like a truck and I didn't, I didn't dare listen for two weeks to that song after that also one of my favorite yeah. songs now so these mm -hmm. all came come together you know evil that men do comes in there master yeah. uh, angel of death you know, songs that are maybe too much at first listen even a song like blessed are the sick or something or off a of domination oh, yeah, by more some of that oh, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. is, is it goes so backwards so abstract and it sounds like everything's melting off of everything but yeah. it's done in a catchy way because trey is just a he's a sicko you know definitely one of the that's best a, sickos that's yeah. the coolest kind of things yes. though that's the kind of thing i like i like the idea of like something feeling kind of dangerous or whatnot. i don't you don't really get that anymore right i mean that also might be because we're older the older at this point and you know but uh, but yeah i because there's something i mean i i i the first time i felt also angel that no it was probably it could have been South of Heaven or Dead Skin Mask was the first time I was like, oh, you know, that, Slayer wise, this is this is weird. And and of course, Master Puppets. But yeah, um, those songs helped me to get into Slayer, uh, actually, because they were more are, melodic. Those songs are pop songs. Those songs are pop yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, they helped me a lot. Yeah. But it was actually yeah. a, decade, a decade of aggression. If anyone hasn't heard it, it's a 1990 live album with kind of zero overdubs. Mm -hmm. uh, really good one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anything more on the topic, Eric? Uh, the topic of being overwhelmed by a song. Well, I mean, there's, 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 this happened a few times. I mean, probably Master Puppets was one of the one of the first times it happened to me, because probably also the first heavy metal song I ever heard. I, I think, um, and I was, I, I was, I must, I think I was probably thirteen or fourteen at that point. It's huge. It's yeah. There's so much to sort of unpack, and you know, and or maybe no, actually, no. The first thing I heard was um, I, the first album I heard was Kill 'Em All. Hmm. Um, but that also was a cool little, album. Cool album. Yeah, very cool. Album. Fucking Four Horsemen. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Love that shit. I remember, I remember, I think I've said this before, but I, my, my sort of thing was when I heard it, that's when I decided I wanted to learn 
play guitar, mm. but I very mistakenly the, the 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 song "Pulling Teeth." I wanted to learn how to do that in guitar. I didn't know it was a bass solo, and then I'm like, oh fuck, it's <laughs> I haven't bothered to do that. Uh, <laughs> I actually play that song sometimes. Uh, Greg, your guitarist too. What what song made you want to play? For me, it was "Afraid You Strangers." I still don't play it really, well, but it started my well, the idea of playing. I um I really wish. In in some respects, I really wish it would have been something like Smoke on the Water or Blitzkrieg Pop, but unfortunately, it was like Eruption. And that's oh, like, shit. <laughs> a bit of the old wankery. Yeah, and that was... A bit um, of the old wankery. That, I, I saw your comment on Pot of Thunder about some dude yeah. never having had an ejaculation in, uh, in, instigated or started by another human being. <laughs> that's kind of like aim going for eruption. You probably were in that position, I think, at that time. <laughs> I oh, that's great. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, that dude was like a—he was like a—he was a total asshole. Like, oh, he no, just he was like such he a was. dork, you know. Yeah, like, he yeah, was yeah. Complaining. like oh, he said, he said, Kiss wasn't real rock and roll. It's like, okay, whatever. Dork. Exactly, exactly. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I gotta yeah. check this out. This yeah. and it's always fun to find Greg popping up in the comments because we're fans both of this podcast called Pot of Thunder. Used to be a Kiss yeah. podcast. Now they do random songs. They've done a couple of Maiden yeah. songs. There's something that you that you, po- you you commented on one of my posts that I've that I've since then said a few times, used it in different contexts. I, I posted a video with someone who'd taken the Ducktales theme and removed everything with just the word duck. Oh, that was great. The duck part, and you wrote, "This is why we internet." And that was the yeah. first thing. <laughs> love that. That love that's, that one. That is to me social media, the internet. That oh. that's that's why I stick around. I mean, there's so much bullshit out there, but like this yeah, is yeah. why this is why I can never stay away or get too mad at it because then I can yeah. come back and then. There's someone replacing the DuckTales theme with all the words except for duck. Yeah, and you know, yeah like and that's, is... that's amazing. And also, it's the DuckTales theme, you know, it's such a part of my growing up. That show was epic, man. The, like, those yeah. ducks went everywhere. <laughs> they went to... That's a fucking... Yeah. You might, you might, you guys might have some insight on this, you know, you know, obviously the UK is a little closer to Finland than I am. <laughs> so, um, uh, what is... Fin- Finns, they have like this obsession with like the Disney duck family. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. I remember like uh, the dude from Nightwish, he had a whole record, like a concept album about the McDuck family. Gamma Ray had a live album called Hell Yeah, Live in Montreal, the awesome foursome and the Finnish keyboarder who wouldn't wear his Donald Duck costume. And so like ever since then, like me and a couple of my friends over here, we've always wondered like, is there like this underground like cult of like, disney duck fans like in finland or something like that like so i don't you know i'm i'm half finnish did you know that i'm half finnish i did not know this okay so then you- so okay short <laughs> okay. answer short answer i, pro- I promise okay. eric this is a quick one just because he asked no, no, it's fine yeah i, 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 I started yeah. some of this half finnish we mentioned before the Finns in i think in made in japan or something moomin oh. japan because the Finns made the moomin character it's a white troll okay they're kind of nice and there's several characters. This is, there's this stoner fisher guy that's just wearing a hat and he doesn't like hanging out with people. And then there's this badass little chick. She's like a tiny little girl, but she's always badass and challenge everyone. And it's called Moomin. And the Japs love it. So they've done their version of it that's been distributed okay. through the whole world. And this is kind of, you know, animal cartoon kind of thing. Right. So I'm sure yeah. you're right, actually. I haven't heard this before, but it sounds completely in place. That they would love uh, this kind of. Oh, you'll send. I'll send a link. You can check uh, out the kind of anime. You know, it's this anime fact <laughs> flooding into it somehow. You know, Finland is way more Asian than. I don't think that answered a hell of a lot what was going on with Donald Duck, but anyway. <laughs> was that the question so, though? No. I, think I, the question I don't know. The, but there's another franchise. The, the question well, the was like the Finnish, the, the Finnish uh, obsession with, with with animal cartoons, right? That was the question. No, no, oh. just, just, specific, just specifically with the Disney duck family. Okay, no, I only got it for animal cartoons. Sorry, I can't zoom in okay, further. No, so, so, yeah. so, 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 to summarize, he doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, a bit, a bit. Uh, okay, I know, I just, yeah. I just wanted to be a joke. Actually, also, I know That's nothing, okay. so you're right. <laughs> no, but I don't know, but I, I haven't heard that. I got to check, I got to go to Finland. And yeah, I know, no, Eric, Eric, keeps, Eric keeps me grounded, and I, and I like that. It's a good thing. <laughs> anyway, we are on the Evil Let Me Do. Uh, we have listened to a bit right. of it um, in the isolated track. Also, I want to play a little bit here that is kind of...
the intro from the Evil at Mendoo on Made in England. And why I wanted yeah. to play it is that it's just such a sign of triumph to me. There's the word. That's the word. Triumphant. Triumphant. Yes. And he's just like, welcome to NEC Birmingham Arena and welcome to Iron Maiden. This is 1988. Yes. They've been ruling the world for eight years. You know, for me, this is such a pinnacle of the band, even though I like the recent stuff too. This is just something about this that is so triumphant. I, I have a question about that. Yeah. It's the end of an era. If you think about it, it's the end of an era. Yeah, but they don't know it, right? They're just up no, there. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have this song that, like, when when they when whenever they do it, you know, it's like things, you know, it's like a, a nuclear bomb. Things really, you know, fucking go off when they play it. And I think, to some degree, you know, Fear of the Dark has the same effect. Now, besides those two, so those two songs, have they ever really done anything since then that has that effect? Hmm. Great question, actually. Wow, that is a great question. That, like, yeah. do you mean just like anything Maiden has done that gives you like just like that? Your hairs are exploding. Off I your have, arms? I have three. I have three, three of them. Well, I, no, because no, no. What I mean is, what I mean is, in a live context, when they play it, you know, like they can really, you know, I'll narrow it down to one. Joint. I had three in mind, but the one song like that strictly meets your criteria. Uh huh. The Clansman. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably one of them, yeah. That really meets the criteria of... Because that one live last time was... The whole arena was cooking. Something was happening, you know. Energy was yeah, flowing. Yeah, that's true. In a, in a way similar to Fear of the Dark or The Evil Let Men Do. Or even, I don't know, Aces High? Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say that's one. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm... You know, since we've been talking... The more we talk about it, the more I've been thinking about it when I'm not talking and I'm listening and I'm hearing what you guys are saying and I'm trying to process my own thoughts off of that. And I'm going to say that there is no other Iron Maiden song that makes me feel like this. Hmm. Well, and, and that's, and that's, and that's, and that's not an insult. That's just saying that like, obviously I love Iron Maiden. I think that would be a prerequisite. If I didn't love Iron Maiden, I don't think I'd be talking to you, you two fellas, you know, yeah. but like I, there's th this song reaches a, um, um, a level where I just can't even, I can't even think of another song that even, you know, I said earlier that this would probably be floating around in my top three and could be any, mm -hmm. it could be number one at any given point. But I think that this is just, I think that ends here today. I think this is just number one with a bullet. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's inarguable. And I, I, I'm you know, running through the discography in my brain right now. And there's other songs that, you know, give me the, the feels, so to speak. But like, there's nothing that compares to this song for me. Wow. I, you know, I can't even, I can't even put anything else up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, I think that's, uh, Again, they don't. I mean, you know, you say they don't make them. You don't. You don't make them like you used to. But imagine they, they, there's no songs like this. Let's head into the lyrics for a bit then. And um, love is a razor. I walk a line on that silver blade. Slept in the dust with his daughter. Eyes red with the slaughter of innocence. And I will pray for her. I will call her name out loud. I would bleed for her if I could only see her now. So that kind of it's fucking heavy. That's like, so heavy. Heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. That's, man. that's so heavy. Also, it's kind of zoomed out. It could work for so many people, right? Uh, like mm -hmm. you said, Greg, this is no longer fantasy. This is no longer sci-fi. This is kind of all-encompassing, isn't it? It's like uh, it's it crosses, it transcends uh, psychology. It's something that's relatable to. It kind of reaches into your mind, you know. It's uh, it's it's all-encompassing. I think that's why it, it hits me the way it does. Fuck it, I think. Yeah. John, Jonathan, the more I talk about, it, maybe it does. Maybe it does hit me like it does you. <laughs> Right. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that because I was never like, this is not something I've, I've gathered up for this show or anything. Like this is yeah. content. This isn't content to me. This is an actual yeah. experience I had yeah. as a yeah. kid, you know, and you remember yeah. those, right? You remember the kid experiences that were like overwhelming to you. And, and this yeah. song definitely was one of them. And also my, my cousin didn't really like Seven Son, the, the, the guy yeah. that got me into Maiden. So I went into Seven Son with this critical view of it and i think that maybe it hit even harder like going in there and thinking this is possibly the worst made album i mean he's come around since then i've been on to him for that right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as kids that was his opinion and a valid right. one for sure and i come in there and it's just just hit with this with this massive song you know 
something mm. different. And then, of course, the rest of the album has grown since. But I think this one had something at the first time. And then if we go on into the lyrics, uh, living on the razor's edge, balancing on a ledge, uh, simply those two things listed over and over. But he it said, works. He says those two things like 17 times in a row. And yeah, that's yeah. an example of him repeating something, which is awesome. It's definitely yes. not don't look to yeah. the eyes of a stranger level exactly. repetition. You More know, and it's yeah, also he did that. Yeah. He sold it like he doesn't need it's oh my god. Yeah. I can't say yeah. it. I can't uh, even <laughs> <laughs> I can't e I can't even. Then we get into my actual favorite part of the lyrics, the best part. The best yeah. part, circle of fire, my baptism of joy, and it, and it seems the seventh lamb slain, the book of life opens before me. Oh, and I will so pray for you. Someday I may return. Don't you cry for me beyond this where I learn. Oh, yeah, it still hits. It still hits. And these, <laughs> and, and these guys had the fucking balls five years later to scream at us movie titles and just... <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like, seriously. Right. If another anything, another Greg me more, meme. More you didn't get to see Greg yeah. meme. <laughs> yeah, it comes yeah. up over and over yeah. again. Y yelling movie titles. Yeah, like seriously. Like how how are you gonna go from, from that to to just what we talked about in the last episode? It was just like how like once you once you set that bar, I mm. mean you at least gotta hit it. You know? But also that's probably part of it though, isn't it? Because if you fucking do this, how many people are gonna be able to do something this good? And try to follow it up as well. Wow. Fucking, you know, yeah. I mean, they, you know, arguably, according, it's probably according if you ask some people, you know, for some, a lot of people, probably Fear of the Dark is a, you know, they, they see that as a bigger song. This, this is a far better song. Mm -hmm. I agree, but I think Fear, like, especially among nerds like us, Fear needs a bit of slack because it, it always gets the flack. You know, it's always like, ah, it's not so good, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that it gathers everyone in, there's something about that. Mm -hmm. And also, we have a perfect yeah. guest now for the Fear of the Dark episode, a guy that really loves the go. song and, yeah, is named after it, you could say. So uh, it's going to be fun. He's he's named after the song Fear of the Dark? Not at all. Well, no, his name Not is... Not at all. No. But his name is... His name is... His name is... Actually, there's been wow. cases of this in Sweden, people naming after songs. I think someone was named, not sad, but true. No, but Metallica. There's a girl called Metallica in Stockholm. No, in Sweden right now. Imagine if it was him, like if his name was actually Fear of the Dark, and <laughs> someone calls him Fear of the Dark, said, "No, no, no, call call me Fear of, of the Dark," is my father's name. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a guy in my city who his his two favorite bands are Slayer and Cannibal Corpse, and so uh. allegedly, this is a rumor. It, it's a lot. Allegedly, he tried to get his name legally changed to Slayer Corpse, and um, mm. supposedly he was only he was only allowed to get his first name changed. Mm, so right. he got his first name changed to Slayer. So there's a guy in Buffalo with the first name of Slayer. A friend, cool. a friend of mine is a drum tech to Hellhammer. You're familiar with Hellhammer, I think, both of you. Uh, yeah, definitely. Mayhem drummer. And yeah. Arturus as well. And the, yeah. the drum tech is a friend of mine, an Icelandic dude. His name is Sigurd Sir. But he illegally changed his name to Sigurd Bongmaster Sir. It says so in his passport. <laughs> and he's traveling with bands, touring. That's incredibly unthoughtful, isn't it? Bong master. That's, <laughs> like, are you going to look in his bag or like, not? Why not? Yeah, why, think, why, yeah. why not just change his name to Strip Search Me? Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. Seriously, like that's the fastest way to get to customs. Like as far as like getting searched, you know, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Shout out to a great guy, but yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't have to do anything where he has to appear in court because that's not going to, you know, he's going to like, they're going to have some right, pretty, right. they're going to have some, they're going to have some feelings going in. Like, well, maybe, maybe Mr. Bongmaster is actually guilty. <laughs> Mr. Bongmaster could be guilty of this charge uh, with, uh, with uh, concerning uh, THE and marijuana. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Bongmaster, not to be confused with Mr. Boombastic. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Boombastic, yeah. Lars Ulrich. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, like, if you, if you, like, if like, got, like, if there's a fucking like custody here or something like that, horrible like that. They're like, if they're gonna, you know, there's no, there's no way someone's gonna like. Well, Mr. Obviously, Mr. Bongmaster is a very you know, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's out there. It's out there. I know another guy that named him just Monster. That's that's less that's less out there. Just Monster. That's 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 better actually. Weirdly. Yeah. Monster. Oh. Oh my god. Okay, anyway, so yeah, but the song is the song is really good. Yeah, it's so good. I, think, I mean, we're laughing at it, but we've also been really focusing on the song in between this yeah. weirdness. But uh, it's, you know, yeah. no. top three Maiden songs for me. Maybe it climbed up to number one for Greg, oh, it, as we heard. Number one. 
Just quickly, a cop on, on the lyrics. I said, like, I think I really like about the lyrics is, I mean, obviously there's a specific idea behind them, uh, but they're very ambiguous, so they can be kind of, kind of, you can kind of read your own stuff into it. I think those are the best kind of lyrics. Uh, infamously, Steve is not great at that because usually his are very, or he can be, but sometimes he does things that are very, we, you know, it's it's like like two a.m. is very, you know, him doing the one thing, you know, what's going on. Where I like I like lyrics where they're kind of like you know it, it can mean different things depending how you interpret when you who's listening but there obviously is a meaning behind them but they're yeah, not mm-hmm. very you know it's not not as obvious in your face about it. Thing in the states recently when um, security guards were beating up a guy and he came backstage yeah. before the encore and it's like we got a guy an Armenian fan backstage beating from head wounds and I saw ten security guards attack this guy. I just want to say this is bullying. Uh, anyone who filmed it. Upload it. Our maiden is going to help yeah. find, going to help point out this error in, in professionalism. You know this error in in, in yeah. behavior. And then he said, fittingly, the next song is the evil that men do. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, and someone yeah. uploaded his own version of the video and everything. I don't know what happened, but I like that Bruce took his time before the encore to address something that may have been malpractice. That's why you take the good, the bad with the All right, so that came to an abrupt end. Uh, it's not your fault, listeners. It's not Greg's fault. It's our fault. Uh, we didn't buy the full version of Zoom yet, so we got kicked out. And then, just after that, Greg had to attend to his family. So, from Sir Gregory to all of you, thanks for listening. And uh, me and Eric are going to go ahead and wrap up the episode. So, very briefly, in conclusion... Uh, thank you, Greg. We, we had a lot of fun, and I, I you know, we'll, we'll maybe next time let's go ahead and get the. Uh, we, we can maybe get the, the full, full version, version of Zoom. Zoom, yeah, yeah <laughs> let's fucking do that. You're you're absolutely right. Let's do that. Um, and uh, yeah, again, I get excited if it's a song like this, and uh, this was the first ever recording with a song that is uh, meaningful, you know, beyond meaningful, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. it was actually a. Not a difficult one to do, but it was difficult to hold myself back during this one. Uh, and um, yeah, just a big, big fucking song to me. Big song, big song. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, same for me. I mean, luckily, I mean, the good thing is, I was kind of like, uh, you know, I was up, for, I was up for hanging out tonight, and I wasn't, I wasn't like super jazzed to actually pop because I wasn't feeling it. But the second we started talking about it. Mm. It's such a great song. I, I totally am, and it totally was, and it was great. I could have gone on for another hour just talking about this one song. We usually don't do one song, just one song. No, we've done that like twice or thrice maximum, yeah. but we have it planned for certain occasions, and Evil Let Men Do yeah. was a clear one, but I didn't know that it was so clear that we had to spend more than, you know, 120 on it. Yeah. Wow, uh, just the nature of the song. I don't think we even... Okay, we went to some side topics. We like to do that. But really, still. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> is it you or me? Or who's worse on doing that? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm worse. I mean, okay. there's no... It feels good, it feels no. good because I love side, side tracks. But if I loved it and I was worse, then I feel guilty. No, here, I mean, for, for, here's the thing. I think that is... I'm at Olympian levels of side tracks. So I think you're fine. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry about it. Well, I, th- I, th- I, th- I, think, I think maybe what we, we got to do maybe is... And I've, I've been talking about this for a while... That I'd love to have. Uh, well, the other day uh, we we guested a Queen podcast, you and me. That's right. And uh, you must you must kind of wonder, you know, wh- what are you guys going to talk about in the Queen podcast? Well, we didn't talk about Queen because they have a thing where they do where they do off-topic stuff. Right. I think maybe we need to do a thing every now and again, maybe just once a month, where we do like just an off-topic hangout. We talk whatever we want, and you just bring in guests. Like I show we we could we could fill hours and hours. With, Greg, easily, if you wanted to, if you wanted to. Yeah, I think so too. And even when I got invited to in the lap of the pods, or we got invited rather, it was both of us. Yeah. Uh, And um, I thought, okay, yeah, cool to talk with these guys, great guys. I've listened to a few of their episodes. And I thought, okay, yeah, Maiden. We already talked about Maiden. And I felt like maybe we should talk about something else. But I did introduce that to them. And also, I promised we'd come in for four more albums by Maiden because that's always fun anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Sometimes you want to derail my friend in the Purple Podcast said he could listen to his favorite podcast talk about roofing at this point because he enjoys mm. those mm. people talking and uh, the kind of the sidetracks that come up. And I think that's part of it. And also, again, we didn't know each other when we started the pod. No. It was pure acquaintances. And I heard back from um, Nesbit, the original Iron Pod man. And, mm. and he said that uh, our banter got uh, progressively better and better. Well, yeah, because we know each other better now. We've been right. doing this show. Right. right. We, so that we means spent, we spent hours talking to each other at this point. That means it will derail more, but it's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's fine. We still, we, we still get the job done. Yeah. Let's try and conclude it. Uh, the Evil Let Men Do, an, epi- an episode and a song that clearly kind of tilted my life. I just have to say, this is yeah. one of the life-altering songs. And I think that's why it was hard for me to even keep it in at this point. It was almost like yeah. a. Uh, psychotherapy session for me to explain how much this song means uh, uh, while recording you know it's yeah it's just one of those songs man one of those yeah, songs. I, I, I get what you mean yeah it's yeah it's good and I'm gonna probably listen to it right as soon as we're done with this right right so we got evil yeah next up is Face in the Sand and uh, Fall Angel oh I want Carlotta on that one let's hope she can she can join yeah, yeah. let's see if we can do that then we'll get some other we get, then we got after that we got Fate's Warning and Fear is the Key and then another single episode Fear of the Dark Fear Gall of the Dark Fear Gall of the Dark okay looking forward to it of course then we have to say as we do up the irons and it's called from the north oh, oh, oh. The